You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. This week is Jacob Goder. Um, Jacob, really appreciate you coming on the SA Weekly Talk Show and um, going over some of the things that are going on right now um, in the uh, COVID-19 era and the things in different service industries and how we can look at uh, possibly where we're at before this um, kind of pandemic where we're at now and where we're possibly going. So I'm uh, going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to throw the mic over to Cody. But before I do that, uh, Jacob, if, if no one has heard of you, um, kind of how you cut your teeth in the service industry, I believe the name of your business is uh, Scooter's Lawn Service. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Scooter's um, Lawn Care. Um, get, just got into it. You know, I was a foreman when I was 17 or 18 for a landscape company. And I kind of, I kind of left that to get in the auto body industry and then, um, Shortly after a short amount of time, I realized I wanted to start a business. So I got back into it, started mowing grass, and, and um, now we're a business that's full service from landscape design, hardscaping, treatments, pretty much the the whole nine. And we were able to surpass the million-dollar mark in, I don't know, five or six years in business. So things have went pretty well. Uh, congratulations on breaking that million mark. I know that's uh... – it's a big number. A lot of us uh, self-employed entrepreneurs want to hit. It's it's pretty elusive, and I'm sure there is some uh, battle scars and probably some wounds that are as of late that you've been looking to uh, break that yeah. mark and obviously well beyond. So, uh, yeah. like I said, I'm gonna turn it over to Cody, and um, obviously, if there's any questions during the live or recorded event, uh, we'll watch this next 12 to 24 hours for questions for anybody from the uh, SA Weekly Talk Show staff here or Jacob. Uh, we'll keep an eye on to get those questions answered as well. But uh, floor is yours, Cody. Awesome. Well, Jacob, like Mike said, thanks for joining us today. And I know that we've been talking kind of throughout this crisis. And uh, one thing that I admire about you is that you are always uh, looking for the positive way to look at something like even something that's as terrible as what we're all going through right now. Um, and so you told me as I was like pestering you for topics for this uh, live today, that you wanted to find a way to talk about like, what can we learn about our business from this? What can, how can we use this to grow? Um, and, and talk less about like, yes, my employees are standing six feet apart. Yes. We are cleaning our trucks, like all the things that everybody has already talked about, um, you know, in the first couple of weeks of this. So just dive in, like what, what have you learned about your business? Uh, going through this uh, pullback. I just, um, and I, you know, now, now focusing this more back on our, our business, it's even harder to answer the question, but um, you know, looking at, looking at our business, I guess I've seen, uh, I've seen some of the areas that, you know, like hardscaping and landscaping, for example, I think that was one topic that I, I kind of mentioned to you. Um, what are the services that, you know, you're not as, in this situation, using this like a big magnifying glass in your business, what is, what isn't working as well, or what what maybe wasn't as needed? Um, we're still selling a ton of projects, but it's it's very evident that the huge stuff has slowed down a lot. So you know maybe I, we still get some, and we're still taking it, but at the same time, I'm now we're focusing more on what's really flowing in. You know, it's which is a smaller scale kind of two to ten thousand dollar project seems to be what everybody is buying right now from us, which last year was much more than that. Um, so I'm just uh, kind of using what's going on to see what maybe we should be focusing on in the future. So if there's ever something like this again or whatever the case, the next waves of this, 
uh, work can continue to be more consistent. Um, so when people are, are trying to look back, cause we've been, we've been in this for, I mean, I've been at home for, I think 10 weeks. So yeah. like, it's been a lengthy period of time now. Mm-hmm. What, what should people be looking for to identify like weak spots or opportunities for improvement? Like, what does that look like for you kind of looking back well, at the last few months? Well, so for me, I mean, I would just, you know, for us, I, I kind of looking back at like, what was our cash standpoint? What, what funds could we get available on lines of credit? You know, what, what all like, so from a financial, then like a work aspect um, and really see, you know, another thing that I like looking at is like, how's your communication doing in a time like this? So what, what all did we have in terms of community? That's the first thing it really broke down for us, I guess, was our communication because we started sending a bunch of people home. All of the office was originally at home. Luckily, thank, thankfully things are moving forward and everybody's back. But um, a lot of this handing, being able to hand papers off to someone and, and, and rock and roll with that, you know, it wasn't able, I weren't able to do that anymore. So um, I'm looking at a lot of things like that and seeing how we can better in the future. So something like this wouldn't cause as much of a hiccup. Um, but, the, but there's so many points. I mean, just looking at anything that this is so that's such a, so it gets to really a broad question because it could be a huge number of things that this affected for each individual person, uh, in their business. And for, it's a very individual thing to look at and figure out like, what do I need to change in my business to make sure we're not, or not maybe taking a hit like we did this time again. So Jacob, if you don't mind me asking, so as you're diving into that, um, and, and obviously things are changing now, um, do you feel like they're ever going to go back 100% to where they were before COVID-19? And is there certain areas in the business that um, definitely you're looking at proactively that need to pivot? So maybe it's the sales process, communication, maybe the office setup in general. Uh, where do you think that these things as, and it seems like in your area, you may not have, have seen such a drastic hit where yeah. like in your literally um, they haven't really been enforcing it to the extent that they probably will in the future. But literally if you have two employees putting in mulch that are standing within, not within six feet of each other, there's up to a $10,000 fine, like literally after your first warning. Um, wow. So, I mean, I, I'm driving around town, you, you know, nobody's playing by the rules. They probably should be, but um, I'm curious in your area, in your market, is there certain things that since it probably wasn't as crazy as New York, um, where we're pretty much on lockdown still minus the ascent, like essential, essential services. Is there something that you think that like, even in your market, that's not going to go back to the way it was and how are you going to pivot to kind of proactively get ahead of that? I, I think kind of, um, I, I would kind of compare this to, hey, you know, minimum wage going up. Everybody is, uh, you know, worrying about that happening, making a big deal out of it. And my take on that when we first heard about this was, Hey, let's get up above that new minimum wage immediately. And let's not even worry about it. Let's move on. So the way I'm kind of comparing that to what you're asking about is um, whether or not things go back 100 percent. I I don't know. I don't think everything will. I think the world's different. Um, But I'm going to just assume there's a lot of things that aren't going to go back and we're going to start operating in a different way. So either way, it's irrelevant because some of the stuff is going to make us stronger um, a lot of this stuff for us, and there's a lot of, that's one of my biggest gripes to some of the lawn care and landscape businesses I see, um, like, like a platform like Service Autopilot. They're not using something like that. They're not into technology that much. Well, this is, we were already heavy into that. And this is pushing us to get 
maybe let's ramp that up more. You know, I've got some, um, some crazy ideas that I'm not even going to let go on here yet that, uh, <laughs> you know, some digital ideas for kind of changing our business and the way we do estimates and um, uh, just forever changes that yes, would benefit, would benefit the people and everyone because of the situation we're in, but the long-term benefits for the business and everyone is, is, is tenfold. So, um, I think things are going to be different no matter what. I think that there's always going to be people that are still going to be concerned about this distance thing, you know, whether or not the, um, whether or not this is the, luckily this isn't something that the death rate is just insane on, but it's opened people's eyes that this could have been, this could have been something with a death rate that like, if you get it, you die, you know? So, I think people are really open to that now and, and it's going to make them a lot more cautious long-term. So, so yes, I don't think things are always are going to go completely back to the same in an area like you, Mike, you're much more affected right now in the, in the meat of it. Um, but I think everywhere is going to kind of be shaken from this for a long, long time. Interesting. Jacob, I know that, that you guys did a lot for like your, your bigger projects. You did like in-person sales. Do you feel like uh, having to pivot to a more remote sales model is part of why uh, those bigger deals are drying up or is it just an economic concern? <laughs> Maybe it's economic. I mean, and I think that, I think kind of like how I was on, you know, I was, I made a bunch of YouTube videos and things about, continuing to market don't stop marketing during this you know you gotta that this is not that's the wrong thing to do um but as much as we did that we didn't stop marketing we maybe ramped it up a little bit we were kind of more in a holding pattern of of hold true do the things that are working try to try to focus on the problems make sure they're getting fixed um I think that that's going to kind of be short lived. I'm seeing so many people. I think that's what people were doing with their money, even if they were working from home and still getting paid. Just nobody knew what was going on. You know, I feel like people are becoming more sure. I don't think the big project thing is going to stay this way. I, I've got a big feeling that that's going to really, really, really um, skyrocket here in a, or pretty soon in a multiple areas because I've been seeing people are just slammed with large scale projects. So they're there. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's more economic related than it is, uh, people, you know, having fear of meeting with someone because we're still, we're meeting with a lot of people. We're just respecting what we're supposed to be respecting, staying distant. You know, when I would typically go in someone's house and sit down at their kitchen table and, and uh, sell them a project, I just, we don't, we're not going in people's houses. You know, I'm sending them pictures of stuff. I'm, I'm meeting them and kind of showing them and showing them my computer, um, just doing everything at a distance, really respecting, respecting, uh, the rules. So, yeah. And that's interesting. I've actually been, uh, about to do a design build in the back of uh, our place here. So one of my buddies locally that owns a pretty good size uh, design build company, same exact thing. He's a relationships guy, but you could just tell, cause I've been on, you know, large over hundred thousand dollar hardscape jobs with him when he's actually proposed them and followed up. And, um, it was the same guy, but the approach was different. Um, it was interesting how he tailored that to make uh, the individual feel comfortable. Uh, there's another local competitor here that's actually doing uh, massive design build jobs actually through Zoom now uh, mm -hmm. and Facebook Live. So uh, two of the other major, his other two major competitors are doing that. Uh, I don't think he's gone to that extent yet, but they're, um, they're finding creative ways. And as of today, um, if you're watching this live, New York actually has just made construction essential. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see as some of these states opening up those larger jobs, 
um, if they're going to open up. But I, I think very similar in New York. That's those are stats I'm kind of hearing too. That ten to fifteen thousand dollars jobs are below right now are prevalent. But when this opens up, maybe that will open up for everybody. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 definitely what I'm seeing, and and kind of what what your um, what your local area is doing with with Zoom and Messenger. There's a this has really opened my eyes to potentials that I didn't even see the upsides to as much before because I was just focused on growing a company. Um, it really, I've just, uh, there's a lot of opportunity. I think even, even being as devoted to something as technology as we are, a lot of opportunity we're missing out on. This has kind of opened my eyes to. So, yeah. And I know Cody and I have talked about it before and, uh, we've done a few talks nationally here before everything got crazy. Last one we did was uh, out in Savannah, Georgia at Martha Woodward's, uh, QDS conference. Um, mm -hmm. and we, we talked about that conversational marketing and that, that real time buying, um, decision, kind of like the Amazon, Netflix, and Uber. Um, and it's interesting, uh, some of the early adopters, at least in my market, that had that real-time design build or even maintenance estimates are, are mopping the floor with the competition right now. So it's interesting yeah. that maybe with some of this shift, it's going to be more socially acceptable to buy a big job uh, yeah. with that technology. So now, jury's still out if it's going to work in the long term, but it's interesting right now because that's all you could do if you wanted that work. So people may become accustomed to it. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I think it's kind of like, um, I look at it like credit cards, you know, a lot of people in our industry acted like that was going to be impossible to have everybody be on a card. And, uh, you know, I was watching obviously Jonathan and, and Mike, I'd listened to you talk about it before. Um, when I was really first starting to get that idea, which is probably only the second or third year of our business. And, um, it was scary, but, but it was 100% possible. I mean, we got, we've got, you know, I don't know if she's still on it because I don't really handle the mowing and the maintenance, but uh, we've had like a 97-year-old woman have her card on file. So that's 100% capable. Um, yeah. In the midst of all this, we sold a landscape lighting job to an awesome client of ours. And and they had mentioned, and they're, they're older, they had mentioned, um, I would say late 60s, they had mentioned, hey, if you'd want to get on a Zoom uh, conference to go over this. And that wasn't even out of fear of meeting. That was just the suggestion to make it easier. And I, that kind of started, started the thoughts of, of where we're headed for the future. So, yeah, I, I think it's here and it's probably not going to hundred percent go back. So it may be, maybe a little more acceptable for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. And like, that's, that's great for businesses like yours to be able to like, even though you're local meet with these people, because I mean, that's still, 20, 30 minutes of drag time, I'm sure, to get there and get to the next place. Like how many more quotes could you give remotely now that that's like a more acceptable thing to sell? You're, you're, you're sparking the excitement of the real thought that I'm having. So, Ooh, so Sorry, we might have let the cat out of the bag. But so. I, I think you're on to something. I, actually, I know you're on to something because I, I, I think it's, it's the way uh, people's buying habits were going, they were going, but now this has accelerated it. Yes. Um, and, and people are going to get what they really, really, truly want out of this is, you know, speed. Yep. Same reason that, you know, you've you've preached so much out of, you know, mowing and fertilizer or estimates like that being something that's off square footage, you know, and then having the back end stuff that protects you if we make a mistake out of convenience. Um, people want that. People want to know their mowing price over the phone. If you can tell them on their first call, they don't want to have to make 15 calls to lawn care companies that don't even pick up the phone that they have to wait on a call back from. So, yeah. And I, I honestly, I forgot how crazy that was. So with everything we're doing in the backyard and some electrical stuff, we're, we're trying to proactively get put in 
Um, I think it's a 220 volt like outlet hardwired or something. I have no idea exactly what it was, but it, it needed an estimate. And I called two or three of the electricians and it took a week and a half to get a freaking call back. And I'm still yeah. waiting on estimates of two. Well, of that's, not even an, that's not even an estimate. That's just a, a someone to speak to. Yeah. About maybe come to your house. And I was just like, I, I told the guy, oh, I've already got the, the linear feed of like where it's going. Like I know exactly what I need. Can you give me a ballpark price, a high, low range or whatever it is? And I'll just accept it on the phone. Well, we need to look at it. We need to, we know we need to confirm it. I'm thinking I'll do the work for you. I'll take the pictures. Um, so I, I, mm. Jacob, I think you're on to something because most people in the service industry are not going to uh, adopt quickly. And I think we sometimes forget that the ecosystem we're in around service autopilot, the members, and obviously John Toshnik of the lawn care millionaire and co-founder service autopilot has been a visionary. Um, and he, I mean, he basically called basically this as a black swan event. He talked about a black swan event three years ago and how to handle it. And I will tell you a lot of the members that listened to him from that conference today are better off than they would have been significantly if they didn't attend that talk and, and listen to his visionary thought process. But I think a lot of times we're surrounded by so many people in this SA ecosystem that we take this stuff for granted, but man, that was a, that was an eye opener for me just to get a quote, to get an outlet for electric. I mean, it was, yeah. it, it seemed like it's a no brainer. Really? Yes. I mean, th th that's the only reason we've taken on so many services because, you know, even it, it, just being able to offer something for our customers so they don't have to go through the nightmare and I hate saying that about us as contractors as a whole, but the nightmare of getting a contractor on the phone to give you a quote for something. Yeah, it's very interesting. Cody, what you got? What do you got next on the docket over there, brother? Uh, so I wanted to talk to both of you guys about rainy day funds, and because Jacob kind of talked at the beginning about like looking at your cash situation for the next time something like this happens. What What are you guys looking at, like? Like how much of your operations budget are you like trying to have socked away so that if things like, you know, if we have a worst case scenario again, like this, where we're sending everybody home, what, what are you guys looking at? Is that like a line of credit? Is that actual cash? What, what are we doing? Well, I mean, for me, I want cash and I want a line of credit. <laughs> uh, but this for a lot of people hit at the worst time. I mean, if you were in your cash and you are in your line of credit, you know, or whatever the case may be, you're coming out of winter, you know, so not everybody, you know, like in our area, snow wasn't that great this year. I mean, we don't plow anyway, but, um, you know, so a lot of businesses, it's, it's really hard for, uh, it's, it's really hard for a service business that is seasonal to, to be prepared for something like this. But yeah, that, it's both, you know, it, it's as much, availability as you can have obviously have cash and then have a totally free line of credit to be the second safety net yeah i couldn't agree and i don't think it was a good winner anywhere uh rochester new york where i'm located is the third largest snow market in the whole united states uh, it ended up being number one to the last time i've checked for the whole entire year it actually was snowing last week as crazy as that may sound um just bizarre i mean this whole thing like 2020 is like the twilight zone but um even if you do have a large uh, operation like we did with the snow removal company at Callahan's, we were plowing 180 acres of pavement every time we went out on a full run. Um, mm -hmm. It's cyclical. It's that cash that goes in. 
um, in the beginning of the season, November, December, it builds up and then you're continually going. And then everybody in April doesn't need you. So that 30 or 60 days catches up with you, but that's when you're doubling down, dropping maybe a hundred, 150,000, maybe even 10 to 15,000, depending on the company in the spring, um, advertising, and then all your, your maintenance on your trucks, any repairs that pop up, everything's cash loaded. So you're traditionally in that vicious cycle. Um, even yeah. if you're in a Southern market, it's when it ramps up your cash poor usually. So, um, it, it, with Callahan's, we always had a line of credit, um, at least of a hundred thousand dollars. We only tapped into it when we needed it. Um, right now I would say payroll protection. There is at last I heard there actually is still some money left in there. Uh, so if you haven't done that, it really is suggested as of yesterday, I believe there was money left, go out and get that money. Um, and, and it's, you paid into it. Um, you need to use, I think about 75% of it for payroll. Um, but that could be a huge influx there that everybody else that you're competing against is probably using it. Um, and you might've saw me looking around here. I'm in the basement, uh, not my regular office, but a book that I'm diving into right now is, uh, fix this next by Mike McCallowitz. Um, one of his other books, um, is profit first. And now I'll be completely transparent and I, I probably look like a super goopy groupie at SA six, um, this year, but Mike was walking down the halls while one of the talks was going on. And I was, it was just me and him in the hall. And I, I ran up to like a little schoolgirl at a concert trying to get an autograph, but, um, I wanted to shake his hand and thank him. Uh, cause it was interesting. We had first met at SA three, the first time I'd ever done public speaking, um, and somebody at SA was crazy enough to put me up there in front of three, 400 people. Um, no idea who Mike McCall, well, I knew who Mike was, but I didn't realize he was speaking after me. Thank God. Um, but it was interesting that I don't want to say I was pompous, but I was confident enough in the financials that we were running every week at, in the lawn care company that I didn't think I needed what he taught profit first. And I will tell you that was probably, or could have been at least one of the biggest mistakes that in my career that I, I didn't heed that advice, but we always had good cash flow. We ran the numbers, budget versus actual. And it and that that's kind of my thing. I like to geek out on it. That that's the passion. But I'll tell you when we pulled up Mike's book and this, I highly recommend uh, fix this next as, as well. I got one chapter left. Um, but what this book does is it takes the foundation of pumpkin plan, profit first, uh, a little bit of surge, and then his other business clockwork. But it, this goes in and shows you the foundational things that you need to fix. So when we started Simple Growth, Cody, um, talking to Garrett Matthews and a couple of the other guys that had, had bought into Profit First 100%, um, we did that at Simple Growth from day one. And I took Jonathan Potoshnik's their advice um, before uh, we won 100% Simple Growth to make that cash war chest. And that was probably the best advice Jonathan um, could have ever given me. And uh, we had the ability with Callahan's as a secondary paycheck that I took my first year's projected paycheck out and literally stuck that in the legitimate cash war chest. Um, so that was the first thing. So if you're in a position that you can do that, eventually um, we had a unique situation at Simple Growth where we could do that right off the bat. But the second thing we did is we followed Mike's plan, not to a T, but we do take our profit out. So the profit goes first to the, um, the owner and you put that in a savings account. And traditionally, it's an offsite savings account. So you can't rob Peter to pay Paul. You physically have to go there. Uh, the next thing we did is we did a tax account. So I don't know if I've ever shared the story, but cash flow can get really wonky in the spring. So we had a really good fourth quarter um, at Callahan's one year. And I was driving down 390, one of the major highways. My accountant called me and Greg says, hey, Mike, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm driving down 390. He goes, whereabouts are you? So he goes, oh, get off the next exit. 
there's a restaurant over there, a bar, and it was right on four or five o'clock. I'm like, oh, great. Have it, have it, you know, have a cocktail before I go home. Uh, so I pulled in the parking lot. I go, oh, you, you at the bar? Where are you? He goes, well, no, I'm in my office. I go, why do you got me sitting in the parking lot of Trot over here? He goes, oh, I want to make sure you're parked before I tell you this. I go, well, Greg, what's going on? Is there a death in the family? He goes, you owe about $45,000, $50,000 tomorrow in taxes. Or maybe it was by the end of the week. I go, what happened? He goes, well, you had a pretty strong fourth quarter, and we didn't really look as deep as we should have. Um, and it basically, it was an interesting, it, we paid the tax bill, but it, we, you know, we had to move some money around. Um, but that was my, my awakening sign that we needed to do something like Profit First for those quarterly um, projections. But we do it every twice a month. Uh, I believe it's the 10th and 24th. Um, that he recommends we do it on the first and 15th just because it's easier with my admin staff, but same concept, but we take that projected tax and we stick it in a savings account. And then we put the sales tax in a separate account. Um, and it lets you feel that cash flow. And then you kind of have the rainy day fun. Um, and according to Mike's, uh, readings, it's about three to four months of cash flow that he recommended to, if doomsday happens like a pandemic and you're shut down, like some of these restaurants were that you could survive three to four months without going even. So that's the the last thing that we did is we followed that uh, with simple growth. So we could probably go literally to zero sales for four months and still be extremely liquid. Like li li liquid. Uh, now in the lawn care business, there's no way I could have done that because we didn't lay the foundations. But if anybody's watching this live, um, kind of a long-winded answer, Cody, but I want to put some context to it. Uh, yeah. That book, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, and this Fixic Next is really cool because it, it actually dials in and, and it gives you a free assessment of what part of the business you need to work on foundationally. So if the part mm -hmm. below it isn't right, obviously if you do this part up here, it could crumble. Um, but yeah. I really, really recommend, um, even if you don't read the book, put away your, your taxes in a separate account and, and start that rainy day fund. And if it's only two to 3% of your gross sales, it's something just get in that habit. And then once you have the cash flow, you feel it. Um, but if this thing had hit simple growth, um, in a different way, which thank, thank God it didn't, uh, we would have been okay because we, we, we heeded that advice of, of putting that rainy day fund together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jacob, any, uh, any thoughts that you want to leave people with of where they can be looking for, uh, you know, those opportunities in this? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very generic answer that I have for that, but it's, you know, it's, it's really, I just, I actually shot a video about this earlier this week that I'm probably going to post Sunday. And, you know, I just keep saying, use this whole situation like a magnifying glass on your business to look at it. And you don't even, it's, you just look at it objectively through the situation. What, what is the weak point? You know, because my weak point's not yours. Maybe you're not trying to grow a business like we're trying to grow a business. Maybe your risk tolerance is different. Maybe you're super cautious, so you got tons of cash, but you have no more calls, and that's still a problem. So, so look at it for what it is for you through this big magnifying glass of a of a horrible situation, and and really sit down, list list five things that you notice that man, if I change these right now, this would be a whole different business. And I guarantee those five things would make your business better in 2020. And even if this isn't going on moving forward. So that would be, that would be my advice. List it down, figure out what's wrong and actually take action. You know, the biggest, the biggest problem most people have is they have a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts, but writing it down, making it real and taking action to change things and make a better future is probably the number one thing you can do. 
Awesome advice. Awesome, awesome advice. Um, and, and just a closing a question um, is, I know at least in my end, like my wife and I are kind of splitting the days and I'm working at nights, picked a couple extra slack hours. Um, it, it, it just made me think about it because I actually have another book over here on my desk from SA6, Ari Macell's Replaceable Founder. Have you found that your team or yourself are um, kind of like in Ari's book, like I think he had Crohn's syndrome, but his, um, his work-life hours unexpectedly changed and he couldn't control it. And that's kind of what I'm seeing in my world right now. And I feel like we're, we needed to create some redundancy and take some of the linchpins out because if I couldn't take a sales call or do a content video or whatever else I was doing, um, a lot of those redundancies were in place, but it, it's put a different perspective of where the owner as a visionary could actually grow from this pain point we're actually been stuck into. So I, I don't know if you've seen anything like that, but it just, it's opened my mind of kind of the magnifying glass. Like, wait a minute, like this is, this is possible at this yeah. point in the game. And I didn't think it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely opened my mind. Like I said, as simple as the um, idea of, changing a sales process that maybe it only works for 15% of the market or whatever, but it's such huge for us. It's going to be a visionary change. And just to try what you said, creating, you can't control the situation, you know, and that's something, that's what I first realized is basically I just started working five to five every day, trying to do my best to get a grip on the situation, you know? And, um, trying to get it where I'm more replaceable in multiple different situations so I can continue to anticipate a situation like this or, or, or be, be, be better prepared for a situation like this in the future. Hope that answers the question. Yeah, no. And I was just curious because it started, got, it, the wheels were churning. I'm like, man, what if I came down with COVID? Yeah. How would that business continue to drive? And I just was curious if you had some insight on that. Cause I, I know as business owners, we, we carry a lot on our shoulders. Um, yeah. And if, you know, that did happen. These are the kind of the things that uh, a lot of the SA members have been posting to the groups. So I was just curious if you had any takeaways, um, which I think you already answered, of how that would actually affect uh, the organization. Yeah. And if, you, if you've created some redundancies just in case something crazy did happen. Well, well one of the biggest things, and I, I think we we're going this way anyway, as much as I like big projects, um, they're the most complicated part of our business. And, and more to me, they're more for bragging rights and pictures than they necessarily are always for the profitability of them. Um, because I know myself that, like I said, that $3,000, $10,000 range. Yep. If I want to grab that and fix the profitability in that sector, it is a hundred times easier than the 30 to a hundred thousand dollar project that starts going sideways. It's much more of a problem. So I guess um, I'm spooling off in a direction with this of saying it really it's really opened my eyes to try to dumb down and, and, you know, kind of use the kiss method, make this as simple as possible, you know, stuff that's square footage related. There's a whole list of, you know, our office, I don't need to be involved in any kind of cleanup project, mowing project, um, fertilizer project, HOA looking at getting pricing for, because we've made it where it's manageable from someone who doesn't know as much to look at, things like square footage and, and, and sizes of certain things that we've kind of said, Hey, that's going to cost this because that's our average on that. Um, so, so really making it as simple as possible. So at least, at least they could continue on not big stuff. You know, our office could probably 
estimate, tackle, and do anything 10,000 and down without me even here. Wow. And that's huge. Congratulations. Cause most businesses don't hit that, uh, that stride. Well, thank you. And, and you know, I mean, there would still be issues and there would still be stress. Um, but luckily we've got awesome people. We just added another awesome person, uh, to the office and with, with a lot of knowledge and, um, I mean, that's really the thing like you said, trying to, trying to figure out ways to replace yourself. And, and this just shows you all the weak points. If you did get sick and you were down, I mean, you need to prepare for that. I can't, I can't tell you how many times we got to, here we got to, here's my presentation, huge dry erase board for when we're having meetings over there where I've stood there and I've said to the office, like, if I died tomorrow, how long do you have a job? Interesting. I put some perspective. Yeah. So, so if you don't have a job for that long and this business fails, then we've got a problem. So what do we do to fix it? Love it. So, so can't thank you enough, Jacob. Um, Cody, yep. awesome job today. Love it. Uh, next week, tentatively, we've got Aaron Suttonfield of RDS Landscaping coming in. Um, and Aaron's probably going to be dropping some bombs just like Jacob, where he has taken his um, traditional landscape maintenance business down to 100% fertilization and weed control for simplicity and increasing profits. And I know um, a past uh, person that's been on is Garrett Matthews as well several times, and he's taken a uh, several million dollar design build outfit and replaced it with strictly landscape maintenance and now pretty much fertilization and pest control just for the same thing that Jacob's talking about. So um, I, I feel like this ecosystem of SA is um, just surrounded by great entrepreneurs like Jacob. So once again, brother, I appreciate having on everything you do for the lawn care industry. If anybody wants to reach out to you for anything else you do outside of lawn care, is there anything um, that you'd like to share with us before we close it out? Yeah. I mean, check us, uh, check me out on uh, Jacob Godar YouTube. Um, I make content 24 seven for that. I mean, I'm just, I'm really passionate about whether it be a lawn care business or any type of business, trying to share knowledge, communicate with people and help other people succeed. Awesome. Appreciate it. So next week, SA Weekly Talk Show Weekly with Cody Owen, Mike Callahan, 12 Central, 1 p.m. Eastern. And make sure you check us out on all the major podcast um, outlets such as iTunes and Spotify uh, under Simple Growth. And we've just got one hell of a uh, mugshot for Cody here. Uh, so we'll get him up there as well. But uh, first draft's better than no draft. So we got it up. And now uh, we might actually have some people listening after we get Cody's uh, beautiful face up there. So we're, we're looking forward to it. So. All right. Until next week. Appreciate it, Jacob, Cody, um, and signing out. Thank you. Yeah. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.